This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. And my name is Skylar Sokol. And today, wearing my fresh off the presses, brand new quality time merch. Mine's actually in the mailbox. I should have oh, gotten and gotten it, but shit. I said I'm wearing my My Neighbor Totoro Bob's Burgers mashup shirt. Okay, fine. <laughs> we are talking about remasters. And now you might be thinking the fuck they talking about remasters the reason why we're talking about remasters is because recently a remaster by the name of mass effect the legendary edition i want to say it's called was uh, announced for mass effect fans so neither one of us are really mass effect fans skylar played it and didn't like it i have have not beat it it for the record i played like a few hours (laughs) okay and i have never played it so take that for what it's worth but in the actual like press material that's been released about the um, the game so far, I gotta say I'm rather underwhelmed with what I've seen visually, graphically on the remasters. And there's been some controversy. They actually all started with um, apparently there's a scene in Mass Effect where the camera is there's a rather serious narrative moment, but the camera is angled such a way that you're basically just looking at this girl's ass the whole time. I can't remember the name of the character. That's how it was in the original game. And what I think if I, if I'm remembering the information correctly, one of the art designers who used to, who worked on the original mass effect was saying, there's some things in the game we should address, you know, that we're in the original, but like we had to push for various reasons. And that's one of them. Like he was saying for such a serious moment, the fact it's that the camera's stupid. just on her ass really detracts from like what's trying to happen in that scene. And of course, you know? the the incels on the internet got mad about that. Yes, they're they're actually quite upset. Oh my god! <laughs> now, in addition to that, there's also like, for example, in the original games, you could be a male or female sh- main character, like you could choose. And there's like, um, again, this is another example of what they're talking about. There was. They, they didn't have the time to, like, make animations unique to each, like, sex, like, male right. animations and female. So there would be these scenes where the girl's, like, wearing a skirt, but her legs are wide open because it's the man animation. Right, so right. they were like, yeah, we should rework that. Like, yeah. So. Obviously. Well, well yeah, exactly. It seems <laughs> pretty common sense. And, like, uh, fr- from my perspective, that other notion with the ass thing, like, told, it, this is, like, a really, like, serious moment narratively. Seems like it would be on the table to rework. Yes. So, what we're talking about today is there's a. I think we have a varying opinions on remasters that we've experienced and played over the years. What do what can re, what do remasters have the creative license to do, Skylar? And what don't they? And specifically to use this Mass Effect thing, I want to ask you. I mean, it sounds like you agree, but generally speaking. Do you think the fact that the person saying we should change it, having originally worked on the original game, validates reworking it more? Um, That, yes, for sure. Uh, To answer that question directly, if someone who had the creative 
vision and decision on the thing originally says that it wasn't what they wanted, absolutely that is something that should be on the table for remastering. Like, yeah, sure, it's endearing to the community that this moment was like that, but I think this leads us to like a really interesting question, which is who are remasters of games for? And like, are they for the core audience of the game, the like the diehard fans, or are they for new people who want to who want to experience this game for the first time? Um, I'm sure the answer is a combination of both, right? But what what do you think? Like, well, who- and not only that, but this is actually an angle that I don't know. I don't really see cover like brought up a lot when remasters are worked. This this angle of like the original developers are getting a chance to like redo things. Totally. Usually, they're not that involved. It feels like. Yeah, usually what I think happens, like, so um, to answer the question you just asked and kind of tie this all together, I'm actually going to talk about one of my more, I would call disappointing remasters, which is actually the Halo CE remaster, the Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary remaster. And part of the reason it was disappointing was, I think, in my opinion, the changes that were made, surely there's some, like, reality behind it were for budgetary reasons and stuff they had to like reuse assets they they used for other games or something to some extent and blah 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 blah. but i feel like it was made more for like those new fans and actually made some changes for example to the color palette and aesthetic of maps and stuff like that so significantly that it's like it gave a totally different vibe you know than the original and it like it had it felt like it had it really strayed from the original creative vision. And actually, some of the original developers have implied as much. That right. My question thought. would be, if one of the original developers came out and said, this is actually what we intended, but like the technology wasn't there at the time to present it like this, would your opinion be different? May- yeah, maybe. Maybe it would. They... It their opinion wasn't that though. Like it was no, like totally, you... totally. I'm just saying, if that was the case, right, thought right. experiment would would that like make a difference for you? Because it would definitely make a difference for me. Like my love of game, like I want to experience as much the creative division or vision of the developers as possible. Like one of the re- like I love. I love games without difficulty choices, like for one, because then you're literally playing what the experience they intended you to play. Like no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. I like games where, like, you know you're getting the experience that was intended by the person making it. Yeah, I, that's an interesting one. Uh, again, pulling from my Halo fan experience, because they actually, there have been some developers that came out when they made some changes to, like, Master Chief and Halo 4 and his armor, where they're like, well, this is kind of what we originally envisioned for him, that he would be like a tank, and so they changed his armors and stuff. But I personally and the rest of the community was like, we like the old one better, you know, like I, that's the, that's the tough question. Who's it for? Back to your original question. Who's this really for? Is it for the community? Is it for, to, to create as pure of an experience for the developer? The, the hard part about those things though, is that I, I agree. I understand like what you're saying, but I think I probably lean more towards that when a game releases a community sort of builds around and creates an attachment to it, it almost it, to me, it feels like that almost becomes more the the thing than the original developer's vision anymore. Like the developer had a vision, it came out, but somehow it was received a certain way, and like people grew an attachment to it a certain way, and that's really what it became. Because if it wasn't for yep. that community, that thing's like dead in the water. Nobody. Gives and a and shit. here's where you get to the crux, right? I personally, and so Halo's weird, right? Because it has multiplayer 
in the remaster, which is now possible to play on newer systems, which is a sort of different experience than remastering a single player game. Right. Right. Um, so my perspective is mostly going to come from the single player side of remastering, whether it's the single player remaster of the Halo campaigns or just remastering a single player game like Mass Effect. Just for the record, I'm not thinking about the multiplayer in these statements. Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. me, a remaster in general should be more about new players than the core community. Because mm-hmm. why the fuck are you remastering a game for your core community when you could just make a new game for them? Like the core community doesn't yeah. want to play the game again. They would much rather have a new game, right? You would much rather have had Halo Five three years earlier than Halo CE Remastered. You know what I mean? Or Halo Six yep. or yep. Infinite, yep. whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? So I feel like if you're gonna remaster a game, it should be because that game is good enough and provides a cool, like a unique enough experience that new people would enjoy that experience. It, like updated to the current technology so it feels like it's a game that could be released right now and i think only one game in my opinion has ever done this even remotely successfully okay and that game is demon souls Mm. um demon souls like didn't you like the bioshock one though i mean I, i the bioshock one was fine but it's not like it made that crazy of a difference like and that's my big problem with most remasters. They look almost the same. Like they're not that much better. They're not <laughs> like better enough that I feel like they d- one. <laughs> that well but even like the Halo one or the BioShock one like yeah. you show me comparisons of those it's like yeah it looks better but it doesn't look like a brand new game that should be coming out right now. Like sure. remasters never look like a game that should be coming out in the current generation ever. To, I mean, to except you, right? for Demon Souls. That's the only one I've ever... Demon's Souls, I mean, is one of the best-looking games I think that's ever been made. The remaster. The PS5 remaster. Mm-hmm. Like, you can say what you want about the gameplay or whatever, and honestly, I think a lot of the gameplay flaws in the Demon Souls remaster are just because Demon Souls, the original game, also had very bad gameplay flaws, and now that people have played the newer Dark Souls that have a lot of those things improved and smoothed out, going back to those original gameplay mechanics feels very bad, because you're like, oh wait, this game actually wasn't that good in, from a design perspective in a lot of ways. But j- visually, that game is one of the best-looking games I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sure you've seen watch trailers and videos of yeah, how, yeah, looks, how amazing really that game it looks, looks right? really good. That and no remaster has ever looked that good in my opinion. It's interesting. Yeah. I I agree that Demon Souls looks fantastic um graphically. That that's and, a, and that granted it. that was like a full re, that wasn't a remaster, right? That was a remake. And that's another yeah. big difference, right? Very rarely are games remade. They're remastered like they take the original assets, they make them a little better and they're like pfft, pay for our game at full price or like slightly discount even though you've already paid for it once in your past that's what Mm -hmm. it feels like like to me remasters should be made for new players to experience the game but remasters like that never feel like that to me they feel like a cheap cash grab for a company to make money off fans who already like the game i was going to say that's an interesting conversation point because Josh is in chat right now, and he's saying lots of people wait for old games to be remade or remastered before they play them, especially for games that are only available on old hardware or hard to get your hands on. Kind right. of, you know, le- leaning towards your point of like those are there are people who hear about like the old Halos and they're waiting for the chance to, to get remastered to go check it out, for example, or something. And so you you make maybe a ma- Master Chief collection for them. And I actually will. Say the Halo 2 anniversary. I said Halo CEs was really disappointing. Halo 2s is probably my favorite remaster I've ever played. So like they did it, they did really good on that one. And I actually did feel like what you're saying. Like it felt like 
the graphics were like current gen. They they had to rework the assets. You can't bring those Xbox ones anymore, you know, the OG ones. But anyway, regardless, the, it's an interesting point to talk to discuss about what what are who are you really aiming for with the remasters? Because I, I I think you're right. In an ideal scenario, you're trying to to shoot for those old. I'm sorry for the new players to jump into your franchise, right? That's what right. you're hoping they're going to do. But I, I definitely. I don't know. I've always kind of thought it is for those old fans. It, and it's maybe, you know, especially nowadays where everyone's entertainment options are so plentiful and so good, you know, you churn more regularly on things. And so these remasters can be an opportunity to pull people back into a franchise, especially like, for example, the Master Chief Collection. You release the Master Chief Collection, you fix it, you make it good, you release new content updates, and you then you release Infinite. Of course, Infinite got delayed, but like things would have lined up that way, right? Like you, sure. you bring stuff in to bring in maybe some old fans who have left, and then you release new content. That's maybe but a I part of a strategy. But I only think it brought in old fans because it has multiplayer on a new hardware. I think if they had only remastered the single player content and not released multiplayer, that would have been a terrible remaster. So, I mean, Halo's a little weird. They released metrics on what people played for the Master Chief Collection. And actually, in combined hours, more people actually played campaign than multiplayer, which was surprising to me. But just to say, I'm curious when, I'm curious when that stat is from, though, right? Because the closer you are this year, sorry, say the, like at the end of December 2020, they released it. That stat? Yeah, and then and how long had it been out since then? I think it was just the tw- the year twenty twenty. Okay, interesting. So like like a recap of the year, mm-hmm. I think. But I can look cool. it up. But no, that's fine. But like Halo is maybe unique in that regard. I agree with you that if Halo didn't have multiplayer, it's not to say that not a fuck ton of people just pulled it up to play a game or two of big team battle again. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. More like I totally what I'm, I'm saying is like, I, I would be curious to see the sale. Like, I think your that stat is interesting, but it doesn't really say anything about the point I'm trying to make, which is that like, I'd be interested to see the sales of a halo campaign only remaster that, that did not include bringing the multiplayer to new systems for those old games mm-hmm. compared to the sales of this remaster. Yeah. I, right. I think it would be I, personally I, I believe it would be significantly less, but I definitely think it would be less. It's hard to say. It's impossible. And to that's say. what's I interesting, think- right? Cuz most remasters are single player games, right? And that's why I'm focusing on that, like games that don't include a remastered multiplayer experience. And that's where like it gets really weird. Yep. Now the um uh shit. I there's a remaster that's it's escaping me. I feel like uh, the the remaster. There was a period of time where it felt like felt like everything was getting remastered just like five or six years ago. I, I think it, it still feels like that, honestly. I mean, yeah, I feel like it's been a little less, but it, there's definitely still. I mean, Demon Souls is an Prince example. of Persia like, remastered is coming out, out like yep. next year. Yeah, yep. So I don't know. Not now remaster. Woo in the Pers- chat. Personally, so. I just I hate remasters. I'll just say it. Like, I think they are literally there to be cheap cash grab. I hate it in movies, too. Like, reboots of movie. Like, it's just like, instead of making a new movie, we're just going to make the same movies again, but a little different. Instead of making a new game, we're going to make the same game again, but a little different. Like, no, don't do that. I don't. Well, to your point, dude, I I totally agree. It's a cash grab. It's a, 
you I, I, there's an element a hundred and fifty percent it's the same reason why people release sequels to existing franchises instead of risking a new intellectual property it's because yeah. once you have momentum with that intellectual property there's less financial risk of that game being yeah. successful even better if you're re, re, remastering a nostalgic grand slam right you know Right. Now, one Neo is actually an interesting example because the Neo remaster did just come out. Neo is a game that was not that popular originally. It's not like a hugely successful game. It was pretty successful, but not hugely. And I think that is another opportunity where remasters could be valuable and actually appreciated is a game that was good, like a highly, highly well-reviewed game that didn't get a lot of visibility. And now you could remaster it for the current gen and get and it could have another chance to gain visibility for people yeah, to experience a good game, right? Yeah, that's that could be good. But in general, I am much more in support. If you're gonna if you're gonna remaster your game, then you better fucking remake your game. You better do the what Demon Souls is. Otherwise, keep that crap away from me personally. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I uh, I think you kind of already answered your favorite remaster ever. Yeah. Demon Souls is honestly the only remaster that has ever like impressed me. Okay, yeah, my favorite remaster, like I said, was Halo 2's anniversary. It was fantastic. I think they did a great job on audio and on the graphics. It was really good. It was like legitimately really, really? good, I, and so it was on the fucking potato Xbox One too. Maybe I haven't um, seen it, but I uh, nothing I saw of the Halo remasters really impressed me. But maybe I didn't look enough. You well, you also might have seen Halo CE too. Um, the Halo CE didn't look nearly as good. The Halo. The other thing is that like Microsoft went there. Uh, yeah, it, they went all out with getting like blur for the cutscenes and stuff. It was like, oh, it was that really felt like I don't know. I, I like it felt like they they intentionally went back and tried to make like a really kick ass modern modernized you know graphics and audio and I'm, everything I'm looking like at that like a video too. with comparisons now and it definitely like it, it it definitely looks significantly better yeah, yeah, yeah i can see why so that that's another remaster that i would support with something like that right because that's more of a remake once again right yeah well yeah and like i was saying before technically they had to remake assets and stuff because they couldn't just they couldn't use right. what they made on the xbox so anyway that's my favorite i want to ask you though do you have a least favorite one that was so cash grabby just a total shit show was awful uh it comes to your mind not i like i said i basically just avoid them completely so Can i like, say madden 2020 <laughs> <laughs> every sports game that releases every year ever can 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 the new iPhone be my remaster my least favorite remaster? <laughs> um, Super Mario 3D All Stars we get in chat. Interesting, as one of really, the Josh. I'm surprised. I'm I was I'm happy that they they re released those games on Switch. Granted, they did very little with they did they but they didn't call. Okay, for the record, that is not a remaster. I don't. I guess they did call it a remaster, didn't they? Because. If Nintendo just releases new games on a on a console that like that on a newer console on new hardware, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with people releasing their games on newer hardware and just releasing them in the state they were in and not calling it a remaster. Like do that all you want. That's fine with me. But once they call it a remaster and claim that it's, you know, good and looks better, then I'm like, no, get the hell out of here. I don't know. What's your least favorite remaster? Is it CE? I feel like I have well, I mean, I'm I was disappointed in CE. I can't say I hate it. Like there was just some parts where it was like, you know. Right. Um 
But I'm trying. I feel like there is a remaster I've played. What do you think about this? So this is another remake that I'm actually excited as fuck to try one day. Is the Final Fantasy VII remake? Right. That is an actual remake, and I How full th- support of that. Yeah. Yeah. And same yeah. with Resident Evil Heavy. Two remake. Right. That's right. great too. Right. They actually three, remake, right. The, that's a remake. That is okay. Do that if you want to do do something. Developers do a remake for me, or just release your game at support with higher resolutions and don't call it a remaster. Just say, "Here's our game. We're releasing it to new hardware with support for higher resolutions." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Final Fantasy Seven is like, uh, as Josh is saying in the chat, it's a totally completely different right. game, similar to, to Demon original. Souls. It's basically like a completely new game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm personally a big fan. That that way, you also maintain the original experience. Like that can be its own thing. I think that yeah, trying to that's that's the other thing I don't like about remasters is the the possibility you jeopardize that original experience by putting out some shit show. You know, or right? Something. Exactly. Yeah. If it doesn't like live up to the current gen, then it's still gonna feel like a shitty old experience, right? So it doesn't really improve it or make it feel like it's like better for a new player. It's like, why didn't I just play the original at that point? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to think. I get just because I haven't guess really played a ton of remasters that I was particularly disappointed in CE's winning, but yeah, yeah. I don't I, I basically just don't play them because like I've had the original experience and no game has come out. I mean, Demon Souls is one that I would play if I had a PS5 for sure. Right. But outside of that, yeah. Right on. Quality time question? Super Monkey Ball Show? remastered. If that ever comes out, Ooh. you know I'm playing that shit. <laughs> I want that. I want that shit in my HoloLens, and the only way I can play it is if I'm in a bubble that and I can spin around in. Just roll it around your house? Hell yeah. Yes. In my house, right. Yeah. HoloLens. Augmented reality. Not virtual reality. I have to actually like roll downstairs and shit. Well, you've seen you've seen the Mario Kart game, right? The I, this is so off topic, yes, but the, the AR one, yes. The augment, that that game is sweet. I mean, granted, I saw someone like talk about how difficult it is to actually set up. Like, you literally just have to set up a Mario Kart course in your house. It doesn't do that much for you, but it's a really cool idea and like the, definitely the, one the of the su- best AR implementations we've ever seen. The success of that development studio actually is a pretty cool story, too. For those who are listening, you can Google it. The anyway. studio who developed the Mario Kart AR yeah. system? Oh, yeah. interesting. I should check that out. Yeah, it was a cool one. Um, All right, so our patron question for today, give it to Marcus us. Marcus technically fired two of them at Well, us. we're going to answer the... Mm, no, technically the in- first one. Okay, cool. So the question from Marcus is, what do you think really happened for Cyberpunk to turn out the way it did? Crunch? Released too early? Studio didn't know what it was doing? Released the game knowing the state is it was in and did it anyways to get the money? Etc. Yep. I got to call you out, though. Anthony says Marcus technically asked two questions, but the second question he asked was literally Anthony saying, ask this question, and then Marcus <laughs> asked that exact question. So I didn't that, force that's him to. Technically correct, but, and as everyone knows, technically correct is the best kind of correct. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway. Sean, Sean's in chat, and he's saying shit management. What do you I, think? I mean, I would argue that... Probably 90 plus percent of problems with bad game releases are due to ship management. I 
I very rarely doubt it is the developer's fault that a game turns out badly, especially these AAA titles, because individuals are responsible for such small parts of the game that it's impossible for it to be their fault. Yeah, like, yeah you know I definitely I mean? don't think this is the fucking fault of the artist. You <laughs> right, know? right, right, right. Like the animators yes. or whatever. I, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think it was... I think the big problem with the game industry right now is this time pressure to like build hype on your games and then release them as fast as possible, right? Like like Cyberpunk could have taken another year to develop and it would have still made back like 10 times its money on the first day, right? And that's the issue that they know that they can release it in this state and it'll it'll make back 10 times its money. So I feel like management and financial planners and these board people in these AAA studios care are caring less and less about delivering quality products. You and I were talking before the podcast about the Moon Studios Ori developers rant about this and I am fully on board with what he said even though he may have used more colorful language than necessary. Um but I, Give context I, like, for that for people. He are listening basically more or less. he talked about how studios are based like Cyberpunk, No Man's Sky. These studios that release these games are basically snake oil salesmen, is what he called them. They're touting these products that don't exist. This is what Anthony did recently at our at her real job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just shipped a prototype. Some right, chat like, code. Uh, and that happens. And Watch Dogs is another example of a game that did this, where like their original demo was like all hard coded shit that promised that stuff would come later, and it just never came. And I just think that 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 is the problem here is that these companies want us have this vision, and they know they can make it, but they don't aren't willing to give the time to actually make that vision because they want to make that money. <laughs> yeah, I yeah using based off of the experience in my like in our professional jobs and like how just this stuff can kind of work and just my opinion this is obviously so armchair we don't have all of the right. variables or anything but the um the things marcus calls out crunch released too early student you know, studio didn't know what it was doing first of all i definitely don't know it was i don't think it was that i think that studio is mega talented right they've put out a bunch yep. of good shit. I, I will um, tell you a secret tidbit. I have a friend who has a friend who works for CD Projekt Red who said that crunch thing was bullshit, the public crunch announcement, and that they'd been crunching for like four years. I bet. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So, um, so but crunch also, um, kind of all coming down to that shit management that Rolex Sean's saying. Totally. Like the, the reality you put, what I'm kind of thinking, because like you kind of see this happening, I at least, I guess... Uh, I feel like I'm seeing this happen more, but maybe it's I'm more hyper focused in one area. Like for Halo, Halo usually had a three year marketing cycle, and they didn't fucking say a thing about it until like a couple months before the game was supposed to release. Like uh. pe- people are trying to tighten the marketing cycle, and I don't know. I think that can help. You wait, because what I'm thinking in my head is why did CD Projekt Red show that original demo a few years back at E3 and create demand being right. so far away from I, I, the final I goal. I think tight marketing schedules are 100% the best way to alleviate this problem because then the pre- then you know the game is in a good state and the pressure is off, right? Is, or is right. more off. Uh, right. But you're, Cyberpunk you're, was like, here's yeah. hype like four years, three years before it How long was it? Three or four years before it? released or something because that the problem is and this is what i'm starting to think in my head also at the same time is like maybe part of the reason they do that is because they're starting to get pressure so they are publicly traded in poland like maybe they're they're getting pressure from their investors a bit with an announcement 
or, or yeah, show something. What the fuck are you doing? Right? right. Like, and so that's why they show that in the first place. But, uh, that, that's, that's the catch 22. You put yourself in. You, yeah. You, Sean said exactly what I was just thinking. He said, Elden ring, Keck W, which is exactly what I was thinking about. Elden ring is a great example of that. They've said one thing ever about the game and never released any information except that Phil Spencer played it and enjoyed it since the <laughs> announcement of the game. And people are so upset about that. And I guarantee you it was just to like generate some hype, like to j- raise their stock a bit. Um, and I, that shit pisses me off as you know. I mean to yeah fight for that maybe for that I, fighting for mind share is a thing but uh it's an intellectual property that size I don't think you need to fight for mind share right that's what's crazy <laughs> same with cyberpunk right like everyone was looking yeah. so much forward to see pressure credit that game it didn't matter that it needed it, it just like, need to have a uh, long marketing cycle like I said it's it's armchair but it's still uh, I don't know I feel like when uh, if you are of for example if you're a valve and you want to make Half-Life Alex, which is this totally off this, it's not going to be even financially successful. It's totally out of left field from a from that kind of a perspective that you're going to at a market that it's got a super small install base. You don't but you don't give a fuck. You creatively made what you made. Your business needs are met elsewhere in this case right. with Steam. Like I don't know. Half-Life Alex, from my perspective, looking at people played it, was the f- one of the first games outside of Beat Saber that I was like, I'd play that shit on right. VR. No, and it's it's widely agreed to be one of the best VR games ever made. So that's why I'm that's what I'm saying again. Like, I would CD Projekt Red have even said something? Who knows? Like, I if mean, they didn't have investor pressure, uh, yeah. I don't I think. Re- I personally don't think they would have released it when they did i feel like they were probably like you released that shit holiday season buddy you know just like most like, of the problems in our society capitalism is the core issue here <laughs> yeah the way yeah you yeah i i, I would <laughs> that that infrastructure definitely doesn't help for sure but like you put yourself in that position is what i'm saying um yeah and that's the that's the stock market is a scam capitalism is a scam <laughs> fuck everything uh one thing we got to give Bethesda some credit for, got to be honest, is their announcement of Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield, right? They, like, their fans wanted to know that games were coming from that studio, but they didn't release, like, any gameplay. They didn't show anything. They literally just said, this is, Elder Scrolls 6 exists, Starfield exists. That's it. If you want to create, like, if you want to just tell your fans that your game is coming, I think that is the way to do it. And then later, when the game is ready, then you start your real marketing cycle, your real short marketing cycle. Right. But you make it clear that you're basically just telling them that the game exists. You're not trying to, like, build hype. You're just trying to say, hey, this is coming. We love you. We want you to know that this is coming eventually. But how do you see that different from the Elden Ring thing? Because Elden Ring showed a trailer. A cinematic, like actual so it trailer, just implied that attempting it was to generate along? hype. Yes, exactly. Okay, it gave okay. people the misimpression that the game was close to coming okay. out. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, that's also like, what is it, Metroid Prime Four or whatever the fuck? Um, yeah, Metroid Prime. Don't, you're gonna trigger Sean now because that's like, I, I I'm curious what Sean thinks about the Metroid Prime shit. Like, yeah, because <laughs> that, <laughs> because that is technically the same. I mean the the thing about that one though in my opinion is that like you 
Did, why did you tell anybody? Well, that know? one had major development issues. Yeah, as Sean said, they had to restart development. Um, I don't That's think their I mean. intention. Why did you tell anybody? Because they didn't know they were going to have to restart development. I, I think that game was well along. Like they was coming along, and they expected to release it in a few years, and then that happened. That's a different thing. That's like extenuating circumstances that I don't blame them for. Like. The same thing could happen for Elder Scrolls Six, and as long as they're transparent about it, I don't think anyone's going to be that upset. Unlike yeah. what happened, what's happening with Elden Ring, what happened with Cyberpunk, what's happening, what happened with Watch Dogs, No Man's Sky, etc. What do you think about this? Should you pull a Halo Infinite intentionally show a shitty build so that you can get like public backing on delaying your game? No, your studio should fold if you do that on purpose, <laughs> and your game should fail. Yeah, my my guess is. Uh... They got pressure to put that out there. My guess that's is what yeah, happened. The irony is that, like, what actually happened is they put that out there seriously. And that's way sadder than the, like, yeah. conspiracy that they did it on purpose. Dude, I, I, I don't... It's so weird because they also then subsequently delay it you know it's it's right. weird it'd be interesting i wish you could be like that fly on the wall thing yeah um, i imagine some like shitty board member demanded they put something out they did and then someone whoever the good egg in the room was was like fuck this we're delaying this game and they and they had an thankfully had enough power that the other people had to say okay yeah right no, I, I, yeah i don't know i don't know i would love to do uh, like thankfully. a survey of the developers and artists of halo infinite and none of the like higher up people just be like did you know about the trailer being released and what did you think of it before it came out i would love to see like what people who had oh i know that would be at so their level knew about it yeah that would be so we'll never get it probably no. but no that would be so interesting anyway anyway thanks question, for marcus yeah where can people find us you can find us at KOKoalaEntertainment.com. There you have links to all our social media, including, our, most importantly, our Discord, where we do the giveaways every three weeks, where you get lore tidbits, lore drops of our the universe of our upcoming game, as well as being able to participate in an idle game that relates to the universe of our upcoming game. Um, in addition, you can consider supporting us on Patreon or buying our merch. We just released new Quality Time merch. So if you're listening to this, release this new, like the new logo for Quality Time is a fat koala on a beanbag. It's you can awesome. check out. We have some stickers and shirts. Yeah, this shirt is comfy as fuck. No I got deal. a dark blue one. Uh, I'll wear it next week so that we can, you guys can, yeah, I'm wearing can the see black the dark one right blue. now. Very nice. Anyway, we can thank you for your any support you throw our way. We absolutely super absolutely. appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, let us know. Join the Discord and let us know what you want us to talk about, what your thoughts on this are, what's your favorite remaster. Are you like Sean? Do you hate most things in life but love a few good remasters? <laughs> I don't know. I, I One thing to know about the Patreon, being a patron does not guarantee your access to the Minecraft realm. Sorry to say. <laughs> this is something we learned recently. <laughs> this can't be like, you know, you can't abuse your power. You know what I mean? I will say if you're part of the Patreon, you automatically are invited in, but you can't be a fuckface. We have to ban you if you're a dumbass. Uh, okay. And if you haven't seen any of the Minecraft drama, tune into Coffee with Bramawala every yes. day, like around 11, yeah, 10 actually, to 11 Eastern-ish. Yep. Yep. 9 to 11 Eastern, somewhere in there, right? Yeah. Yes, I think somewhere yeah, yeah. in there. Somewhere in there, and, and you can see all the Minecraft Realm drama. AM, uh, by the way. Check yes. out our YouTube channel, too, if you want to see stuff about that. Right on. Thank you for listening. We'll see ya. Thanks, bye. Bye.